We're in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 through 18. The false prophet, if you would stand for reading of God's word. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even the makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the, be- the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the beast or the number of his name. Here is the wisdom. Let him who has the understanding calculate its number of the beast, for, its num- for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. This is the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're showing us these two beasts in Revelation 13 that are sure to come. A lot of the world denies this sort of thing, but you have written it in your word. You've given us eyes to see and ears to hear the things of the Spirit. Teach us today those things you want us to know about this beast that is coming. Help us to apply these things to our lives and help us to have the courage to tell other people about the Savior who is coming to save us from these beasts. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. As you know, the theme of Revelation is this. Jesus is coming. We realize that Jesus is coming in judgment, and Jesus is coming to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Chapter 13, as I said, is about the beast, both of them. Verses 1 through 10 is about the Antichrist. And remember, the Antichrist starts out slowly. He rises to power slowly. He gains the confidence of the people. He looks like a great and wonderful guy, but by the middle of the tribulation, he is exposed for who he really is. A tyrannical egomaniac that wants all the worship. And then the false prophet in verses 11 through 18, which we are going to be studying today, he's going to be his sidekick. He's going to have all the power of the first beast. And he is going to be the nemesis of people also, but he will appear as a lamb warm and fuzzy. Now, last time we spoke, we spoke about the beast blasphemous sign. We know that the Antichrist and the false prophet, they can't take authority. They are given authority. Given authority by whom? God. And you ask, why would God give them authority to do this? I think God is giving the world exactly what they want. He's giving them the leader that they ultimately wanted, and that's going to be the Antichrist, the one that they'll follow. We know the Antichrist has a big mouth because he blasphemes God. He blasphemes the tabernacle in heaven. He blasts everything and anything that is connected to the living God. We know that Antichrist reign will be a a global reign. And then it'll be for 42 months. The last part of the tribulation is when he really ascends into power. He commands that people take the mark of the beast and that he is worshipped. But we know that we know that we know that our Jesus is coming. And we've shown this picture before multiple, multiple times, but I love the illustration 
Remember, this is out of Daniel chapter 2. And this stone that was carved out of the mountain it comes crashing down. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he crushes Antichrist's kingdom, his ten toes. And then all of these kingdoms of the world, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, East and West Division, all connected, all come tumbling down. And Jesus Christ will return and establish his reign on planet Earth. And there will be no other kings that will rise up to rule planet Earth. The king is coming, and it will be a righteous king. Jesus will deal with, these, with the Antichrist, the false prophet. It will be swift, it will be deadly, and it will be complete. And we get to Revelation chapter 19, you will see this happen. The whole book of Revelation is the, is the, is the apocalypsis. It's the unveiling. It's the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ telling us what's coming in the future. What's coming in the future. And he's telling us this for a reason. Remember, he does not want you to be worried or concerned. He wants you to have a heads up on what is coming. So when these changes come, as we are seeing in our world today, this push towards globalism, that we don't go into panic mode. We know this is exactly what was predicted to happen. We study prophecy, and guess what? God expects his people to know what is written in this book. Remember Luke chapter 19, when Jesus came, he held them accountable. Because they, were, they did not know the time of his visitation. He says, now these things are hidden from you. This is our time to know. This is our time to know. Now we know that Jesus is coming in judgment. Remember this, God always warns before he judges. Remember we said this last week, so this is a review. He always warns before he judges. Think of the flood with, with Noah. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, it says in Peter, and he preached for, for many, many years and no one was converted except his family. In Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot was warned by the angels, wasn't he? Get out of town. The son-in-laws didn't listen. Nobody else listened. He warns. The ten northern tribes went into captivity, Assyrian captivity. Prophet after prophet after prophet warned about the idolatry in the land. They did not listen, and they went into Assyrian captivity. And 150 years later, the, the, the two southern kingdoms, Judah and Benjamin, they went into Babylonian captivity. Again, prophet after prophet warned them, and they spurned the warnings. God always warns. And we learned in the book of Revelation that we have two witnesses in the first half of the tribulation that witness in Jerusalem about the Messiah and tell people the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the face of Antichrist. And Antichrist can't do anything about it. And they call fire down from heaven. Then we have the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will evangelize the world. And then we have miracle of miracles, three angels in Revelation chapter 14 that fly around with the everlasting gospel saying Babylon has fallen. Don't buy into the beast economic or religious system. And then the final angel says, don't take the mark. Whatever you do, humanity, don't take the mark. So God always, always warns before he judges. What do you think he's doing to us today? He's warning us. He's warning us before the judgment comes. The heart of God is this. Ezekiel 18.23, we've said this so many times. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should perish, but turn and live? That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. Now, again, think about this. Antichrist ascends to power slowly. He starts out as a peacemaker. Remember, he comes in on the white horse, in the first seal judgment. And then there's war and there's famine and there's death that comes after that. 
But he hasn't reached his crescendo of power yet. His crescendo of power, his zenith of power will occur in the middle of the tribulation. When he's resurrected by Antichrist, I believe possessed by Antichrist, and does all these miraculous signs and wonders that, that he just convinces the world that he is the Christ. That is the strong delusion. Now, let me ask you this question. How can anyone stand all of the pressure that will be coming to them in the tribulation period? How do you stand the pressure today in a country that is running from God? Literally running from God, that has kicked God out of the culture. And yet you're the weird ones, you're the strange ones, you're the intolerant ones who believe that Jesus Christ is real. That Jesus Christ truly is coming back to this earth. Who actually believe that this Bible is the word of God. You are strange if you believe that. How do we stand that? How will they stand? How do the disciples stand? Well, you know this answer because we went through it last week. Acts 1.8. You shall receive what? Power. That's dunamis. Any, any Greek word that starts with the prefix duna means capable or able. You will have dunamis power. You'll be able. You'll, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, epi, upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll be my martyrio. Remember, that's the word witness. And that means God will give you the ability to be his witness, to testify about him all the way to the death. All the way to the death. It won't be you. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. It will be him in me. It's his power in me, not me. So the Holy Spirit come upon you. It's his power. And we're going to be talking this week about the false prophet. And he's going to be a beast that will come out of the earth, starting in verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon, whom he really is, like a dragon. Another, again, is the word allos. Allos, and it means another of the same kind, another beast, another therion, another one like the other beast that we were introduced to earlier. The Antichrist and the false prophet, folks, are cut out of the same cloth. Cut out of the same cloth. They're both beasts. The second beast comes out of the earth. The first beast comes out of the sea, the nations of the world. And I wonder, what was the difference? And maybe this earth is this. That even this second beast will be possessed by a, by a powerful demon. I believe that Satan possesses the Antichrist in the middle of the tribulation. We went through the study on that last time. There's word usage there that, that intimates very strongly that that happens. And I believe that this false prophet, more than likely, is possessed by a strong, high-ranking demon. He's a common person out of the earth that's possessed by a demon that can do supernatural things. The second beast is not a carbon copy of the first beast. He's not a clone. He comes at this way. The second beast has two horns like a lamb. What in the world does that mean to us? Well, I think it means this. When you think of a lamb, do you think of something ferocious? No way. You think of something warm and cuddly, don't you? Gentle, meek, deceptively attractive, warm and fuzzy. But his true character is that of the dragon. He will be Satan-like. He spoke like a dragon. 
Now remember, the Antichrist at this point is going to be quite contrasted with this false prophet because the Antichrist at this point is going to be a killing machine. He rises to his peak of killing from the middle of the tribulation to the end to kill everyone that is against him, everyone that believes in Jesus Messiah. Remember, Satan will come one of two ways to you. He will come as a roaring lion or he will come as a meek lamb. He is a deceiver of deceivers. There's a life lesson here for us, folks. Listen to this. Hear this, please. Someone or something may appear righteous, may appear spiritual, may look good. Please be discerning on everything that you're taking in. We have a media today that is not telling you the truth. Hopefully you realize that. We have an educational system that is not telling you the truth. We have a government that is not telling us the total truth. We have all kinds of deception that is going on all around us. Everything is not as it appears. Now, do you realize that? Okay, let me say, amen, Brother Rick. Amen. It is not as it appears. That's right. We must have our Holy Spirit eyes and ears open to what is really going on around us, what is really being said. Now, what do we do? We compare everything, everything, everything with the Word of God. This is our truth. Remember, Jesus said, thy word is truth. We can rely on the Word of God. Know that deception is all around us. Jesus gave us a heads up on this, didn't he? He said, when it gets closer and closer and closer, there's always been deception, but it's ramped up now that it's all over the place. Matthew 24, 4, Jesus said, take heed, or if you have an NIV, it says, watch out, that no one deceive you, that no one deceive you. That word deceive is to cause you to wander, to be out of the way, to roam from safety. Be sure that no one causes you to roam from safety of the truth of the inerrant word of God. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen says this about Satan. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves. Remember the word metaschismatizo. It's transformed from the outside. Metamorphosis an inside out change. It happens to you when you're born again. You're changed from the inside out. Metaschismatizo is, is something totally different. It's a veneer. It's an appearance. Deceitful workers appearing, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Folks, Satan is a master at mixing truth with lies. Know that deception is all around us. All around us. Folks, we are entering into a time. There are times in our world where demonic activity was increasing. We know at the time of the flood. We know at the time of the kings. We know at the time of Jesus they went up. And we know when Satan, Satan will, with all of his forces, all the demonic hordes will be cast out of heaven in, in Revelation chapter 12, thrown to the earth in the middle of the tribulation, and there will be all kinds of demonic deception that will go on. And as we're building up to this, the demonic deception increases. Now, think about this. With this deception, there's a lot of sleight of hand that goes on. 
to try to deceive people with lying signs and wonders to pull people away from God. In verse 12, the false prophet is going to look like this. He's going to look like the Holy Spirit. He'll be a counterfeit Holy Spirit. Now remember that Satan tries to copy the Trinity. Satan is the, is, is, is the counterfeit father. The Antichrist is the counterfeit son. The, the false prophet is the counterfeit Holy Spirit. And in verse 12, we see this counterfeit at work. And the exercise is all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. Oh, it's going to give you a heads up. Whose deadly wound was healed. This was another, another proof text to the resurrection of the Antichrist having some sort of mortal wound. Satan resurrects him. Now listen, this false prophet has all the power and authority of the first beast. He's co-equal in power. Remember the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, co-equal, 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 all God. Satan is copying this. What will the false prophet do? He causes everyone on earth to worship the first beast. That's what we just read in verse 12. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do? Hear this. The Holy Spirit directs all worship to whom? The Son. The Son. The Son. Yes, he will glorify the Son. John 16, 14. The false prophet directs worship to the Antichrist. Remember, Satan is a copycat. He tries to copy the Trinity. He will copy the sealing of the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you're born again, you're sealed for ownership by the Holy Spirit of God. Satan will copy this with the mark of the beast. He copies everything. What does Satan want? He wants to copy God and having all worship go to him. That's his ultimate goal. That's what the mark of the beast is all about. Pledging allegiance and worshiping Satan through the Antichrist. Now, I want you to think about something. Why are all the earth dwellers, and remember earth dwellers are those at the time that have bought into Satan's lies, are not saved, okay, and are following the Antichrist? Why do all the earth dwellers, why are they so prone to worship the Antichrist? Why do they do that? I mean, he's, he gets to be a nasty looking guy. Why do they do that? I, so I would suggest to you it's lying signs and wonders that mesmerize the people. Remember 2 Thessalonians 2.9? That, 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 that Satan will have lying signs and wonders and powers that he, that he will be projecting on the people. He will have a deadly head wound, the Antichrist to be resurrected. That will mesmerize the world. The, they believe the Antichrist is the true Christ. Remember, that's the strong delusion spoken of in 2 Thessalonians 2.11. What did those people not do to allow them to believe the strong delusion. They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Remember that was 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10. The reason they bought into the strong delusion, they refused the truth to be saved. Now that is a tragedy. You, you know this, and we just mentioned it, that the false prophet will do great signs. You know what that word great is? Megas, where we get our word mega. He'll do mega signs. Verse 13, he performs mega signs, great signs, so that even, he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth 
in the sight of men. He makes fire come down from heaven. Who else did that? If you were in our study, you know it's the two witnesses. The two witnesses did that during the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Anybody that opposes them, fire comes down and devours them. But who else did that? Elijah. Elijah called fire down. Remember, Satan is a copycat. And there's a warning here. Deception can take the form of reality, and I'm hammering this home. Be discerning. Don't believe everything that you see and hear. Because something looks real. Because something seems convincing. It does not mean that it's the real deal. Many things are lying miracles to take you away from the true God. Be discerning. Compare all things with Scripture again. Important. There are lying signs and wonders and miracles. If you would, take a journey with me back to Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Now, if you come on Tuesday, this is a Scripture that we've covered in our Samuel study. Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. There are lying signs and wonders that are real signs and wonders. Watch this. This is a warning to the nation of Israel. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or a wonder and the sign or wonder comes to pass. Did you see that? Comes to pass. It's real. Of which he spoke to you saying, let us go after other gods. This miracle occurred and then let's take him away from the true God. Which you have not known. Let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet. And it goes on to say to the nation of Israel, you are to kill that prophet. He tells it actually two times. In verse 5, but the prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. In verse, in, in, at the end of this in verse 5, he says, put away the evil from your midst. They did not mess with false lying signs and wonders. But the future will. We have that happening in our world today to some extent. But it will come in spades in the future. Lying signs and wonders are this, folks. They're designed to take someone away from the true God. They're, they're genuine miracles, but they're designed, they're lying, and that they take somebody away from the true God. How do you tell if a dream or a sign or a wonder is true or lying? Again, it doesn't matter how spectacular it is. This, this image is going to speak. This image is going to come to life in the abomination of desolation. You'll see it in just a second. If a dream or a sign or a wonder leads a person away from the true God, it is lying. Don't buy into it. I don't care how dramatic it is. Your job, now you know what your job is as Christians. As we are in this era of deception, which is crescendoing, okay, it's getting worse. Your job is this, 1 John 4.1, what does it say? Test all things. You don't believe anything. You test all all things. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Your job is to test. Test. 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Test all things. Test. Make sure they're true. And then your job is to hold fast. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast. Don't be, don't be mesmerized. Hold fast to what is good. And abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from it. How do you test? Again, let me say this again for the umpteenth time. 
We repeat things so you remember. Test everything. Make sure it is in line with the word of God. Is what they are saying in line with the word of God? Do not entertain lying signs and wonders. And again, it's going to become more more apparent as the day is approaching. Now, we know that we're living in a post-Christian America. We know that as America has become less Christian, it automatically would become more pagan and more open to pagan ideas and false God ideas. We know that is happening. And a lot of people open themselves up to deceiving spirits, deceiving spirits. They are looking for an experience. Now, let me qualify this before I go any farther. We would love to have an experience with the living God. We love to have the God pour out his spirit upon us, to feel the warmth and the presence of our God, the comfort of our God. We need that. We corporately need that. We individually need that in our lives. But there are people that that's all they seek is the experience. Deceiving spirits, folks, are here today. Secularism is booming in our country. The love of many is growing cold. There's an unbiblical reliance upon signs as the evidence of God. Be sure, hear this, be sure your faith is built on the right foundation. Now I have a little picture here for you. And you won't understand this at first, but now you will. This is your foundation. Foundation. Those who base their foundation on experience will be very much open to be deceived. Those who base their experience on Scripture will be steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. Do we want to have experience with our God? Of course we do. We want to feel the closeness of God, the warmth of our God, the presence of our God, the power of our God. We need it. We need that. But we are built on the Word of God And every experience must be congruent with the word of God and the character of Jesus. Let me explain. Let me explain. The Holy Spirit moves amongst people. And we see today many things that that are ascribed to the Holy Spirit. Now, there are people that will chase the experience. This is happening down in Pensacola. This is happening in Toronto. This is happening out in California at Bethel. This is happening all over the place. Angel feathers. Oh, I want to see an angel feather. Gold dust coming down. Gold teeth. Okay, let me suggest to you something. If God is going to give you a new tooth, he's going to give you a brand new white enamel tooth. It's probably going to look really strange because it'll be so white compared to your other ones that it'll be just amazing. He's not going to give you a gold tooth. But people are, 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 are falling all over themselves for this stuff. In the past, in the past 20 years, now you might not remember this, but I remember this, there was a wave of laughing in the spirit, being drunk in the spirit. I mean, barking, I mean, there was not barking in the spirit. I mean, we had all these weird, crazy things ascribed to the Holy Spirit. How do we know it's not the Holy Spirit? Because we know that Jesus said in John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, a comforter. That word another is allos, another just like Jesus. The Holy Spirit will have the character of Jesus. When you start to see strange and weird stuff, 
Compare it with what Jesus did. That helps to keep you balanced, keep you on track. Now, experience seekers are easily deceived by lying signs and wonders. Lying spirits, folks, are real. Be careful with deception. Now, let me just again preface this. I believe the Spirit of God can do great things. He can move amongst people. You can have an emotional experience with Him. We have emotions because we are made in the image of the living God. We can have, he can pour out his spirit and it can just be amazing. You can feel the glory of God, the kabod of God, the heaviness of God come on you. But it will not be crazy. It's always structured in an order. God is not a God of chaos. A huge sign, lying sign of wonder on the horizon is this. Verse 14 and 15. The false prophet will make an image of the beast. Listen to this one. Concentrate. And he deceives those, just like Satan, who dwells on the earth. That's the earth dwellers. By those signs which he was granted to do. He just couldn't do them on his own. He thinks he's doing them on his own, but they were granted by God. Granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Another another intimation to his uh, death and resurrection. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. Again, granted that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now this, you know, is the, what scripture calls the abomination of desolation. It was spoken of by the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And Jesus mentioned it very specifically in Matthew chapter 24. When I hear the words abomination of desolation, does that make you feel cheery? Does that make you feel hopeful and helpful? That is a nasty word. That makes me cringe. But yet the world be mesmerized by this abomination of desolation. The deception is the, it will be global. It will be all over the earth. Do we see global deception today? This is just a picture of what's coming, folks. Just a picture. The image will be made of the beast, their Messiah. Remember, they believe that, G, that, that the Antichrist is the true Christ. That's the strong delusion. The image will actually breathe and speak. This will be a mind-blowing miracle. And remember this, it was granted. They think it's all about them. They think they're doing all this. They got this super-duper power. It was granted. Remember, it's God's purposes. Full exposure of those aligned with the Antichrist. That's what I think God is doing here. Those who refuse to worship the beast will be killed. And remember, death and murder is a Satan thing. Remember John 8.44? He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, because there is no truth in him. What a difference between God and Satan. You know how God does? You know how you can tell it's real? Remember, the Father draws. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's always a gentle pulling, a gentle wooing. Not so with Satan. Either you believe and you side with him, or he will kill you or, or want to kill you. What a difference between a God, who is a life giver, and Satan, who wants to take your life. Think about this. Now, this is not going to make you popular, and it certainly is not going to make me popular, but this is the truth. 
all world religions, with the exclusion of Christianity, except Christianity, are under the auspices or under the control of Satan. Now, that is not going to make you popular today. That will be called hate speech, and I think very soon in our future could be sanctioned as intolerance and disallowed in our culture. Disallowed in our culture. This won't make you popular. Think about false world religions. They have the same edict. Believe or die. Radical Hinduism kills Christians. Radical Islam kills Christians. All over the world. All over the world. Satan, I think, is perfectly content with people being trapped in these false religions. He's perfectly content. Their only deliverance is someone getting the gospel to them. The life-saving message of Jesus Christ. They need the truth. It's tragic when you look at the world and how many are just, just blinded by the darkness. Blinded by the darkness. Think about this. Think about the number of people who are trapped in false religions or atheism. I have a couple maps here I want you to look at. A couple maps. Hinduism is number one. First of all, there's about, when you total these up, there's about 1.3 billion Hindus. The, the astounding thing to me is there's a whole bunch of them in North America. 2,250,000. And what they have brought with them is Eastern mysticism. And make no mistake, when you get into yoga, all these positions that I can't get into, okay, they are worshiping some sort of deity that is a false god, okay? This mysticism, the Beatles were into this whole Eastern mysticism. Do they, are there miracles that go on here? Absolutely. Lying signs and wonders. Lying signs and wonders. You know, you get into meditation. Eastern meditation, very much promoted in Hinduism. And you know what Eastern meditation wants you to do? Empty your mind. You know what biblical meditation does? Fill your mind. Very different. We are to, what it's saying in Psalm 119, we are to meditate on your, I will meditate on your precepts. I will contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statues. I will not forget your word. I will do that. I will meditate. That word meditate means to ponder, to declare aloud the truth of the word of God. I will contemplate, look, consider, regard, respect the word of God. Very different than the East. Very different from the East. 1.3 billion people under the, under the thumb of Satan. The only hope is the gospel delivering message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next slide. This is Islam. And what you cannot appreciate, what you can't appreciate here are these dark nations. We know that these are the uh, Arabic countries. And, and the nation of Israel is right here absolutely surrounded, the size of New Jersey, surrounded by radical Islam that has as their described purpose the destruction of the state of Israel. This little thing right here irritates all these people. This is Indonesia, by the way. And just a side note, do you know that God is doing a great work in Islam? That there are all kinds of people in Indonesia that are turning to Christ? Do you know that there's all kinds of people in Iran that are turning to Christ? 
that there is a revival in Iran? Do you know that though it might be growing in other, this is one to seven percent of Muslims here. France has about, uh, they're the, the seven to 15 or 15 to 30 percent. It's an astounding thing. But this thing is, has grown throughout the world, but also Christianity is making inroads here. Now, the third one is going to be atheism. There's about 500 million atheists in the world. And what I want you to really focus on, of course, this is China. And it's estimated that about half of China's atheists. But you know that there's a great church in China. It's an underground church that God is doing a work here. Japan is steeped in Buddhism. I didn't even mention that. But they are, they, they are full of atheists also. But what I want you to notice here again is that France, France was a Christian nation at one point. And now they're 20 to 30% Muslim, or atheist, atheist, excuse me. Not only them, but look at Australia. They're about 20% atheist. And atheism is growing. It's, it's in this 5 to 9% in America right now, but it is growing more and more as the internet has become popular, impugning the word of God. These are the things. This is where Satan has his tentacles deeply rooted, deeply rooted. Remember, Satan wants to be worshipped, and he's worshipped throughout the world. People might not know they're worshipping him. They would deny they're worshipping him, for sure. But that's what they're doing. By default, they're worshipping him. If one does not worship the true God by default, they will be worshipping Satan. And again, most people don't know this. Remember, Satan wants worship. Isaiah 14, 14. What did he say? I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You will worship me. That's what he wants with the Antichrist. He wants global worship, and that's the whole purpose, his purpose in the tribulation period. Remember, he's the God of this age who's blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of Christ in 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Now, back to the tribulation period. Back to all the pressure to take the mark of the beast, that you will take the mark or die. Why would anyone refuse to worship the beast under that kind of pressure? Because they've been rescued by Jesus. I was going to get the lifesaver that we had and other things. This is the li- Jesus is the lifesaver. And all he asks you to do is just grab on. Just grab on to the lifesaver. They believed in Jesus and there was a transfer of kingdoms. They received the love of the truth that they might be saved. Therefore, they did not believe the strong delusion. Believers belong to Jesus Messiah. And you know, a characteristic of a real believer is that they're loyal to Jesus Messiah. In him only. They're loyal to him. God, hear this, God will not accept a divided allegiance. Do you realize that? He will not accept a divided allegiance. He will cause you to choose. He will cause you to choose your idol or the true God. There's no in between with God. He will cause you to choose. You know, the first three commandments are directed towards God. The first one says, you will have no other gods before me. Why is he saying that? Because there were other gods at that time, little gods, little Elohim, that were drawing people away in mass. And he carved one people grew up, the, the people of Israel, the nation of the Jewish people. That would be his people, his portion out of this whole world. And they were to take the message of the true God to the world. And they didn't do it. And they were set aside for a time. And the church took on that responsibility. 
with a global mission to take the message to the world. You shall have no other gods before me, but the second one is this, you shall, you shall not make for yourself an idol. You know, the false prophet, the antichrist, these guys are despicable, but the false prophet will do something. He will force the mark of the beast. Verse 16 and 17. He causes all, circle all, everybody, every, all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, doesn't matter your status in this world, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, which we will get into in the last verse. Now look at he says this very specifically, that everyone will be forced to take the mark. But let me suggest to you that the vast, vast, vast majority of earth dwellers will willingly submit to the mark of the beast. There's going to be a lot of pressures to do that, a lot of benefits to it. The benefit of taking the mark is that you can buy and sell, you can function in society. You can live in society. Hear this. Now, we've won, I've shown you this picture before in the past, building up to this chapter. Technology is here today to accomplish this. You know this. No generation prior to ours, within the last probably 20 years, had the technology to do what is required here for the mark of the beast. No generation. There's a picture here. This is from Andy Wood's work, and you'll be familiar with it. I had several of them. I just took this one. These microchips. We already know they are being implanted in some people. Remember, I had a picture of that. Some people in, in one of the Scandinavian countries that was an experiment getting on trains were used for this as identification markers. These are planted under the skin. This is here today. The technology here is here today for the mark of the beast. Now again, well, let me just go on here. Think about this. In order for the Antichrist to have full control of all the earth, he has to have a methodology of, taking, of keeping track of people. This will be a surveillance technique. But also think about this. Cameras are all over the place. Do you know that China is the most spied-upon nation in the world? And your status in China is how cooperative you are with all this information that the government is getting to the government edicts. And if you're cooperative, you get status in that culture. You get privilege in that culture. This is increasing. Folks, freedom is becoming a passe word. Even in our country, surveillance is increasing. You see cameras all over the place. Antichrist surveillance will be off the charts. This is all in preparation for the Antichrist. Make no mistake. Those taking the mark will be pledging allegiance to their God, Satan. They will, they will know what they're doing. This won't be some sneaky, under the, under, un, shady, undercover thing. They will be worshiping Satan, and they will be sealing their doom. Read 14.10. We'll get into that in a couple weeks. Make no mistake, people will not be tricked into taking the mark. They will know what they're doing. And make no mistake, those who refuse the mark will know the pressure that will be leveraged on them. That they won't be able to buy or sell. And even 
die or be thrown into prison. That's what they are facing. Now, that's easy to say. That's them, okay? Well, who, we don't know what's going to happen leading up to this. There's going to be enormous pressure on families. Think about families. Think about children and spouses and parents and friends who are going to die because they won't take the mark. Think of the pressure on people to take the mark just to live. And again, how will any, anyone withstand this pressure? You know the answer. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. It's the only way that those people will stand. It's the only way that Christians are standing today in China, in Iran, in Indonesia, and in other places of the world where the persecution is massive. And it's the only way that we can stand the pressures that we live in, the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said in, in Matthew 10.20, and we went through this last week, that he will give you the words to say, the Spirit will speak through you at the time, he will give you the words to say to whoever takes you captive. That you will have Holy Spirit boldness right to the end. Now that's good news, because I don't have to worry about that. I don't believe I don't have to worry about this now anyway, because I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. So, at least I, I'm pretty strong on that one. But, but if we're wrong... And we could be wrong. I mean, we could. I mean, eschatology is, is fluid. Uh, if there's a mid-trib or a pre-wrath rapture, you realize you're not taking any marks. No matter what. Think about this. The technology is contributing to this whole thing. I think we're very rapidly approaching a cashless society. A renewed global monetary system. I believe your paper money will become a thing of the past. When I was in Vietnam, they had these piastas that they would give you. That it was the Vietnamese money. And there was such an underground corruption of, 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 of creating dollars, false Vietnamese money, that they would change them from time to time. So every couple months, they would change the piasta to some other, other form of, of, of paper because it was so corrupt. Paper thing will be, you can, you can do that. Paper money will become a thing of the past. The dollar for the standard of world currency, I believe, will yield to a global currency and it will be digital. Digital. That gives them full control of you. Full control of you. And I believe we're rushing headlong into a global government. Hear this. Society traditionally marks the people that they consider dangerous to society. You realize this, don't you? Now, I want to talk to you about something that is controversial. I want to talk to you about the vaccine. And I most recently heard a, a couple good tapes, or they don't call them tapes anymore, uh, talks. Uh, uh, from, one was from Amir Sarfante. And I trust his information. He's, talk to, he's talking to these two Jewish, but one was a virologist, another physician of some sort that had information on these things. Was talking about the vaccine and how we don't need to be afraid of it as far as how it was produced and uh, doesn't alter your DNA and doesn't have encoded information in it and all those things that we have heard and, and some of the more conspiracy things. That the vaccine is genuine and the disease, the, the COVID is a real issue. It is a real disease and we have to be very careful with that. Uh, so I want to preface the statement, I'm not anti-vaccine, but I am for anti-government control. I'm not for that. And I just want you to think about this. 
Could it be that the vaccine is a test case for controlling people? For controlling, think about this. If you refuse to take the vaccine, it's already been stated you're not going to be able to travel. You can't get on jet planes. You can't go to another country. That's restricted. It could be that if you don't get the vaccine, maybe some places won't allow you to work. You're too risky. Or you, you, we're losing, it, it, it's, you're marked. No vaccine, no freedom. And how about this one? I think this will be promoted more and more. No vaccine, and you're going to have less and less love for your fellow man. And the pressure is going to be leveraged on you. Not saying that you shouldn't take the thing. I'm not saying it's unsafe or anything like that. But I believe that this information is coming out in such a way to control people. To control people. And no vaccine, as the culture gets more inoculated, could it be that no vaccine, that you will be required to wear the mask and be identified as a non-compliant person in the culture? Could that be? I don't know. Today you're identified as compliant if you wear the mask. And it's fine if you wear a mask. That's, that's good. But these, these, these methods or these reasons, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm disturbed with. The Jews marked the, in Nazi Germany were marked in World War II. Now, they were required to wear this badge so that wherever they met, went, people knew that they were Jews. And they were hated as the culture, as Nazi Germany, didn't start out with them being abjectly hated by everybody. But as the culture was indoctrinated, Joseph Goebbels had an indoctrination system in place. And he convinced the Jewish people that the Jews were subhuman. And they were the cause of all the problems in the world. All the problems in the world. You know, this marking in cultures is very common. Think about this. Problem people are often marked. Tyrannical governments have in the, in the past done this with problem groups. And I want to give you one example, and this is an extreme example for sure, but I think it will drive home the point. Mao Tse-sung, the Chinese dictator, from 1966 to 1976 was something called the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Why did he do that? Because China was going more and more towards freedom, more and more towards democracy, and the communists couldn't have that, so they put their foot down, and they had this Chinese Cultural Revolution. You know who were targeted? The Christians. Seven million Christians were killed. But that wasn't the worst of the target groups. The greatest targetist group in China happened between 1971 and 2013 with the one-child policy. And you know what that ended up being? 360 million Chinese babies were murdered. Isn't that a tragedy? The greatest 10 wars in the history of Earth have not killed that many people. Put it in perspective. Folks, there's global changes that are coming. And don't be surprised if you get identified or marked more and more as we see these changes coming. Verse 18, the number of the beast is 666, and we'll be finished. Here is the wisdom. Let him who has the understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And this is kind of like a riddle. I mean, people have thrashed this around. I mean, Ronald Reagan was the, was the, was the Antichrist, and Kissinger was the Antichrist, and 
Certainly, they tried to make Trump the Antichrist, but he doesn't even come close to qualifying. He's not warm and fuzzy. He's not... <laughs> but what we know about the number 666, it's the number of man, we do know that, if Antichrist's name is spelled out in Hebrew, not English, Hebrew, it's the numerical value of 666, and Antichrist will be engraving his name on the people who will take his mark. Now think how awful that is. Identifying, marking them, pledging allegiance to him, pledging worship to him. Make no, please, if you take the mark, You are worshiping Satan. You are worshiping the Antichrist, and that's exactly what Satan has always wanted. Again, Satan is a, is a copycat. God writes his name on believers. You know that. Revelation 3.12, 14.1, 22.4. You will see he writes his name on believers for ownership. I'll just mention one of these, the Church of Philadelphia. I will write my name, I will write on him my new name. God writes his name on you. You know how precious you are? You know how important you are to God? You are loved. You are valued. He is personal with you. He has identified you. This God that is so high and lifted up, this God, our God, who created everything, the heavens and the earth, who holds everything in the palm of his hands, who knows the beginning from the end, beginning from the end. He is awesome. He is incredible. He is stupendous. The love of God for his people is off the charts. And I believe we will forever, forever, forever be amazed at the love of God for us. He's going to give us things that we cannot imagine. We can't imagine what he has prepared for us. Let's close. The false prophet. Chapter 13 gives us a lot of insight into the beast and his protege, the false prophet. Both, you know, are controlled by the dragon, carrying out the dragon's edicts. The false prophet will complete the unholy trinity. He's the evil. He, he, will, he will be as evil as the dragon. He'll direct worship to the Antichrist. He'll enforce the mark of the beast. All that scripture says about these beasts is sure. I don't care how skeptical the world gets. They are coming. They are coming. For those who are the true church, and remember I've identified the true church, the remnant church. You're not seeing in Christendom the true church. Just like in Nazi Germany, there was a true church who stood up against Hitler, who stood up against the Nazi regime. There were a few. It wasn't just Bonhoeffer. There were some other, other pastors of steel, of iron that stood. For those who are the true church, we have a mandate. Number one, We are to study prophecy. Study prophecy. We are given a mandate from the Lord Jesus Christ himself to know what is coming. To know what is coming. Number two, we are to warn people about the coming one world government. The one world ruler. The one world religious system. It is coming. We are to take time to warn people. There are still people that will listen. There are not many Granted, but there are still some. And we are given this mandate, and please hear this loud and clear. To not fear or tremble. God is in complete control. Let me say that again. Do not fear or tremble. God is in complete control. And do not, I cannot say this loud enough, do not be preoccupied with Antichrist, 
the false prophet or Satan. We are to maintain a watch for Christ, not the Antichrist. You know that, don't you? The church is always to look for Jesus Christ. It's not even mentioned the Antichrist until we get here. Throughout Scripture, his name is the beast and that sort of thing, but it's always in the future, and the church is never to look for the Antichrist. We're, to, we're the bridegroom. We're to main, maintain watch for our bridegroom. We are commanded to look for our bridegroom, not a coming global despotic ruler, not a tyrant. Philippians 3.20 says it very nicely. For our citizenship is in heaven. When you start feeling really grounded here and really distressed here, this is not your home. You're going to slap yourself in the face. This is not your home, Rick. Don't you be worried about this, Rick. Yeah, this is not your home. Your citizenship is in heaven, and you're already seated in the heavenlies, according to Ephesians 2. From which we also eagerly, eagerly, are you eagerly waiting for the Savior? Eagerly waiting for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. That's what we look forward to. I am not looking forward to the Antichrist. I am not, he's not even on my radar. I'm looking for Jesus Christ to come and take me. Daniel 12, 9 says this. Daniel longed to see this day. This was a special day. He wanted to know about this day. And he got these words from the angel. Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. We have information now that Daniel could have only dreamed about. The rapidity of information, the explosion of information, the explosion of technology. Many will be purified and made white and refined, by, but the wicked, the ignorer, shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. Oh, but the wise shall understand. Who are the wise? Those who study Scripture and know what is coming. This is not easy to wade through this. Most people don't want to teach this. It's too controversial. It's too difficult. It takes, you got to get gnarly to get into this stuff. I mean, it, it is not easy. It is not easy. But listen to this also. There's always this, this, this effort to appease evil in our world. You know what? You can only do two things with evil. You can either isolate it or you can kill it. But you can never appease it. You know, they tried to appease Hitler in Nazi Germany, didn't they? They could not appease him. All he did was continue to go, continue to go. That's what evil does, unless it is, unless it is faced. Jesus will be the ultimate one that stiff arms evil for good. These things Daniel could only dream about. But we are seeing these things come right before our eyes. And I suggest to you something. What an opportunity we have that no one else has ever had. A wonder, a privilege to be living at this period of time. It is an opportunity to tell people the truth about what is coming. I don't care how skeptical anybody is about this word. You look at somebody and you take them aside and they intuitively know something's rotten in Denmark. Something is off in our world. Something is out of kilter like never before. We've had some bad times in the 60s with riots and those sorts of things. But it is different today. It is different today. And we have an opportunity, folks, to stand like a bull in the blizzard for truth. Hear what David said to Solomon. Maybe this, this will speak to you. In 1 Kings 2.2, 2, when Solomon was going to take the kingdom, David says this word, 
to his son Solomon, be strong, Solomon. Be strong, people of God. And prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord. And obey his statutes, commandments, judgments, and testimonies that are written in the law of Moses. That you will prosper in everything that you do, wherever you go. Be strong. That is what the word of the God is telling us today. Be strong and prove yourself a man or a woman of faith. Be strong. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, watch. What do we do? What do we do, Sean? Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let everything that you do be done with love. We're never to be mean about it. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. And then finally, Jude verse 3 says this. Contend. Contend earnestly for the faith which was once forever delivered to the saints. Contend for the faith. Fight for the faith. You have a voice of truth. May it be heard and not silenced. You have a voice. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's how chapters 2 and 3 ended, didn't they? Every church. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Folks, this is our time. Others have stood before us. May we be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it is required of stewards that a man or a woman be found faithful. Right to the end. We don't go three quarters of the way and wobble and flop. No, we burst through the finish line. We finish the race. We have kept the faith. We don't quit. And if you listen closely, Listen closely. You see it on the screen. You can almost hear the footsteps of Messiah. Can't you? Can't you? He's almost here. The king is coming. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to study the infallible and errant word of God. Thank you for the warnings that you've given us. But thank you also for the hope that we have. We're looking for Jesus Christ, our Savior, to come and save us out of this mess. We are not looking for the Antichrist or the false prophet. We are to warn people about them, but we are not looking for them. We're looking for our bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for the future that you've promised us. Thank you that you're going to give us the strength, no matter what we have to face, to make it through this thing. And thank you that if we stay connected to you, if we abide in you, we can burst through the finish line. And like Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. May that be said of us. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.